1: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Tour de France Fem, AVEC Swift Preview, the 2023 edition, the second edition of the race that began last year. Eight stages in total. We're going to do our complete preview, including the route, stage-by-stage stage analysis, the top all the teams, particularly the top teams, the riders they're bringing, their objectives, their strategy, and what we think they should do most importantly as well. That's the most important thing. And yeah, I can't wait to get into this previous and interesting route. It goes from uh, the middle in Clermont-Ferrand, which also had like three of the men's tour stages begin or finish there. And it starts there and basically heads south uh, towards the Pyrenees. And there's some medium mountain sort of massif central stages there, which don't look too hard, but I think are quite difficult. And yeah, the... The real GC stages are backloaded once again. That's what the organizers have chosen to do with a Tourmalet Stage 7 and a TT Stage 8. Very similar to the way they did it last year, but now with a much more brutal. Ah, the Tourmalet is more difficult that stage, Benji, than either of the two Vosges stages uh, last year, although those two together maybe were more difficult uh, when you combine them.
2: Yeah, but I am happy that we've got a time trial this year because last year, a lack yeah. of a time trial was kind of like, ooh, there's not that many opportunities for time trialists in the World Tour in women's cycling. So to see it at the top step here is something that I like. I have no issue with the backloaded aspect. We know that last year, Van Vleuten destroyed people on the mountains. This year, I feel like there's more competition, that it won't just be a one-sided affair in that sense. So I... um. I like it still that it's backloaded regardless of the fact that I do think we have competition because it also gives more opportunities for more people to jump into the yellow jersey in the first couple of days for more intriguing aspects to occur. One thing that I don't think we will necessarily see is something we don't see often in cycling, that often in cycling, is a breakaway victory. I feel like in the Tour de France fun we'll have so many teams that want to win the stage from the peloton I feel like it's unlikely a breakaway, a true breakaway, wins the stage.
1: And also because there is no GC stage early on to really break up and give someone, yeah. uh, you know, someone like Elisa Longa Borghini, for example, she would get torched on Tournay by Van Loon normally, but she's still a really strong rider. Uh, or maybe not torched, but like, <laughs> uh, let's just work with me here. Well, say she, say she loses six, seven minutes on that sort of stage, or five minutes. And then she could go on a break. But because she won't lose that time early on, why would she be allowed in a breakaway? She's a really strong rider. So that's the sort of the problem. And maybe maybe we will see a breakaway in the difficult stages to control. Maybe we will see more attacks and like a breakaway late in the stage. Yeah. Uh, in some of these massive central stages. That's what I expect. Uh, and maybe trying to use numerical advantage. But yeah, there's four flat stages. I think that's generous. I think I think some of those aren't. They're not pure sprint <laughs> stages to me. Yeah. Uh, two hilly stages, one mountain stage and the ITT. There's the fourth stage from Cahor to Rodez, which I think is the reverse of the Stage 19 Laporte one last year is the race's longest at 177Ks. That's quite long. And seven riders per team. And this year, again, two and a half hours of live coverage every day. And I think actually rumor on the ground was, and this is, I heard this a month or two ago, is that France TV is actually moving all of its coverage from France mm-hmm. TV three to France TV two, which is the bigger channel because I think last year was half and half, but the ratings were so good last year that they're like, we're putting it all on France TV two, which are, the men's tour is on as well. So obviously oh, okay. demand is really good um, and the broad- the domestic broadcaster was super happy with it last year, as was ASO, I believe, and I thought it was a great addition, and I think this one is going to be really good as well, particularly because this start list uh, is absolutely stacked. As, as a reminder of last year, uh, Anamig Thandlerton won. Vivas was the the best pure sprinter, winning the first two splat, flat sprints on the Champs-Élysées, where, where we don't start, by the way. Uh, so, logistically difficult for ASO now, Benji, having two two races in a different location yeah. um, compared to Would last year. Would you reckon year.
2: as a cycling fan, is it difficult for us to not have closure yet on the men's Tour de France but already have to start getting into the Tour de France femme who starts the morning well not, not the morning of but earlier than the Champs-Élysées stage of the men because like it doesn't make sense in my head for some reason I kind I of would have enjoyed it. it being a day no, later
1: I don't give a fuck about the Champs-Élysées stage <laughs> <in> <laughs> I know you in don't in the men's <laughs> race so I, I even didn't cover the video for last yeah. year I think I, for two years I just was like eh um, maybe I should, like, but...
2: Also, because like this Tour de France femme first stage is going to be way more intriguing, exactly, way more fun <laughs> to follow, and there's way more unpredictable stuff that can happen on that stage. But you said it, Lorena Webers also Mariana Voss also was quite dominant in the versatile sprints last year, I would say. And the main factor that I got out of last year is that while Van Vleuten was super dominant in the mountain stages, SD works also kind of didn't really try overly... To take advantage of the other type of stages in the race. So, I wonder if they will try and do that this year or whether they will have confidence in just Demi Volring being able to follow on the tourmalet.
1: I think, yeah, that's an interesting question that, that we we're going to get into because, as you said, last year, SD Works perhaps naive, perhaps not wanting to, because Mullman was still on SD Works last year. Is that yeah. correct? Um, yeah it seemed like problems or just they're doing SD works things where if a, ch- if a big champion is struggling, you better take your opportunity cause she'll kill you later. And that's what Van Vluten did. And now this year, and yeah, but AVV won the inaugural edition last year, changed, she changed her bike like five times on the Platzer Vassal stage. But <laughs> to remind you of sort of how this year has gone, if you're just dipping into women's cycling, uh, now, just a brief overview, basically from my memory, Lottica Pecki on SD Works was dominant in the classics, uh, but Demi Vollering was good too. Although in Strada Bianca we saw perhaps the SD Works of old—they you know where the synergy or cohesion between them wasn't brilliant. Yet they still won because they were too good anyway. And in Flesh, Vollering also won in Liège. Did she? Do, yeah, she did the triple, right? She won. Yes. Volring is a triple in the Ardennes, she was just the best punchy rider and, and Van Vlerten was there too.
2: I'd argue that Volring was the best classics rider in general. Yeah, Pecky won RVV and was the favorite for Roubaix, but to be able to... Yeah, w- most successful rider of the of the pre-season, Demi Volring. That's how I see it personally, but that doesn't necessarily translate into GC rides and so forth. For and sure. The UAE Tour was one of the first like mountain races we followed and they weren't really present, Van Vleuten nor SD Works, with their top riders. So it was Streg that took that away with the combination of Realini, a new kiddo on the block this year, but absolutely ruthless when it comes to the longer climbs. Arguably one of the best climbers, if not the best pure climber, top three, definitely in the world right now. So that is one big talent stepping up in that sense. But she's not on the start list of this race. Are you surprised by that?
1: I am, because it's Tormelay. Tourmalé would really, really suit her. On Lagos de Colodonga, she was, in my opinion, almost the strongest. She had gearing issues and still dropped mm-hmm. Van Vluten. And the Tourmalet, I think, is, is more difficult. It's so long. And the longer, the better for her. So, yeah, I was... Maybe she's she is young. She's done a lot of racing. I don't know. But I was surprised not to see her. I, I would expect Trek, if she could have gone in good shape, they would have taken her. But as you said, stage racing is different, Benji, and in Love Vuelta, which was an outstanding Day. race.
2: Speedage!
1: Oh well, yeah, in La Vuelta, we saw SD Works of last year rear its head, where Vollering now was actually the strongest, in my opinion, physically. Yeah, but anna van Vleuten got that dog in her, and there was a crosswind stage there where SD Works went for a P, but they also dallied around the back with the whole team for ages, and basically got launched in crosswinds. I think this was. Yeah, this was the Guadalajara, I think was the stage. I might be wrong. And yeah, Vollering lost a lot of time. And so even though she was stronger than Van Vlert and non Covadonga, which was a mountaintop finish, putting nearly a minute into her, uh, Van Vlut was able to hold on to GC in that race by nine seconds. I really recommend going, if you want to catch up, watch the highlight videos on the Lantern Rouge YouTube channel. That was just. A crazy couple of stages. Uh, yeah. So that was an example of what we said last year in in the Tour de France, fam. And then in Basque Country, Benji, that's where I'm really interested. If SD Works have learned from that, that was not, that was only a three day stage race straight after La Vuelta. But their Royce one GC, yes, the mountain stage wasn't as difficult, more medium mountain, but they were able to basically do what they wanted with yeah. uh, Roycer against. Royce and Vollering teaming up against against Van Vluten. And I, I feel like that's... And, and they won that GC 1-2 with Royce and Vollering. V- Vollering would have won, but she allowed Royce to win, basically. And I feel like that's a lesson for them in these medium mountain stages that they need to somehow bait Van Vluten with, with Royce moves.
2: Yeah, I think that's a good idea as well. Then again, I also am not the most confident person in Royce to be able to stay within two, three minutes of no, a Van Vleuten and a Volring on the Tourmalet. So Van Vleuten would need to re- be really scared at some point for that to really be an advantage. But I do think they can win stages that way with Royce and so forth. And that that numerical advantage in smaller groups that they will likely have with the team they have, that is definitely going to be valuable. And you, you pointed at Zulia Women. We now have Giro Don, which is a, a more recent version of a, a stage race this year which was well it was domination by van vleuten but his d wasn't there with their top riders so it's hard to compare there so you've got that race where van vleuten is truly better than the second and third rider in the race for example labu realini yours those riders are in the top four but i don't know what would have happened if a volring and a roycer arrives at that race and that's the thing i want to i want to see at the Tour de France, from it does give us a good indication of what the otherwise riders right, in the peloton are compared to Van Vleuten, and the fact that Van Vleuten seems to have had an upward trajectory throughout the year because in the early part of the season I wasn't overly impressed, and it started gradually going up towards the Giro I would say.
1: And yeah, does that mean that? Vollering's been at altitude and she's going to come in a, a little bit fresher and because she had a big spring campaign and she's really peaking for the Tour de France firm of Eggswift. I don't know, but yeah, it's a mouthwatering prospect. And yeah, Vollering is the slight favorite uh, at the bookmakers. Really? and it, Yeah, she's the slight favorite. Okay. I think based on COVID-onga, uh would be, and I would also have her the, as the favorite too, to be honest. And here's her team yeah. Chikini, Bread of Old. Majoris are the three domestiques. Kopecki is sort of the all-rounder, can do everything. Vibas the sprinter. Royce, are the big TT engine. And Volering, the GC leader, but also she won the Ardent triple. She must have decent punch <laughs> as well. This, there's a lot of competing priorities here, Benji. Yeah. Royce wants to win the stage, but maybe they say, no, you've got the TT you can win in the last stage. Kapeki will want to win a stage. Vivas wants to win stages. Volering wants to win GC in a team of seven. Talk about balancing priorities. This is where I think Movistar have the edge because Movistar's just, okay, Emi guide, might be allowed to go for a couple of sprints, but it's very clear what the direction of the Movistar team is. And how do you think that will work in SD works?
2: I agree with you mostly. As in, I do think that Movistar has, somewhat similar things where Lippert might be going for some of the versatile hilly stages True. in addition to Van Vleuten where in the d'Italia she actually had a, like a, a sprint in uphill finishes so I, I was actually kind of surprised that she's gone that forward when it comes to her kick against other riders and I believe that's going to be valuable but back to SD works for a second, you said it, Wibus Kopecki and so forth, that combination Kouadis, she's not here Kouadis, she's been the lead out for Wibus the entire year and she's been Bloody great at it. Let that be very clear. Kopecki is probably going to end up being the lead out for Wibbs on the flat stages. She already mentioned in interviews that she's likely to be domestique for the majority of this race, but I've also heard that she actually wants to hunt for a stage as well. So the combination of both is is difficult to see because on the flat stage, it's obvious, right? Wibbs is your sprinter. On the versatile stages where there are at least two, I would say maybe three even where Webus and Kopeki have shared desires. The thing with Webus as well is that she's made such a, a major upgrade from last year in her versatility that I'm not certain Kopeki is the best option between the two on a hilly sprint of like 5% anymore because Webus is, I'm gonna swear, she's fucking good right now.
1: Yeah, uh, overall just excellent. Like you look at her finish as well in that is a Danilith Nukir Kursa, the one Malia wins. <laughs> yes. Like that's, she, she just ruined everybody. Like bike lengths and bike lengths and bike lengths, but that was behind Kopecky who'd gone up the road. So, you know, I look at stage one, we will get into the stage by stage, but stage one is just the most interesting stage where I want to see what SD Works do. 124Ks and it's a flat finish, a little little bit uphill in Clermont-Ferrand in, in the last 400 meters. But there's a climb 9Ks to go where it crests 1.6Ks, 7.6%. You could, on this stage conceivably, try and ride defensively and slow for the Vebas sprint. You could ride the climb quite hard for the Kopecky reduced group sprint against mm-hmm. Voss. You could attack with Royce for a solo. You could ride the climb super hard for a Vollering very thinned out group sprint. I have no idea what they will do. Uh, I think... I don't know. Because what you would could you do, do? You know me from even the men's racing. I don't care about stage. I care about GC. So mm-hmm. I would... I would... I would probably go with Royce straight away and try really? and... Yeah. I would try. I would really thin it out and use Vollerings Punch. Yeah, I would... Yeah, I would, I would launch it and try and create a situation where it's a small group, very similar to the end of Cote de Pique and have maybe Volering able to attack attack in the downhill van Vluten who's isolated straight away and put Lipid under pressure for van Vluten. So, yeah, I, 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 would, I would already try and thin it out. I'm uh, sorry for Kapeki and, and Co. Um, Thebes has a later stage, but yeah, that's how I would do it. I don't think okay. they'll do that. But I, I really think you've got to put pressure on AVV. At all moments.
2: I understand that idea. I just lack the confidence in Reuser to be able to put that pressure in the first place. And therefore, I would go for... The thing is, like, if you take a look at the stage win for a second, and you hunt for the stage win, Ribas is the obvious winner if this goes to a sprint with her in the group. That's that's known. Kapeki, you kind of look at what, for example, was it last year in Alfredo Binda, or two years ago in Alfredo Binda, where the Balsamo-Longoborgini combo, where Longoborgini went into the group ahead, sat on the group, and then the rest of the team tried to bring Balsamo back over the top of the last hill, and Balsamo ended up winning the sprint afterwards. This feels like a plausible scenario, but the danger is, what if the first group makes it, and Voss and Kopecky need to sprint against each other? I don't have full confidence in Kopecky winning that sprint. No. While if this group behind comes back, I've got full confidence that Wibbers wins a sprint. So would you rather hold it together by having Kopeki pace behind? But then you look at the parkour and it's only Ooh, it's only six kilometers of flat after the climb, and that's being very wide when it comes to the flat term. <laughs> so I'd argue that with topping 10 kilometers from the finish line, 9.5 actually, 4 or 5 kilometers of descending, it's gonna be really hard to pull. And a tag back if it's like a 20 second gap as well, especially if it's four or five riders, because then you've got the same amount of domestiques behind probably. So I think if they go for the stage, you need to put Kapecki in a defensive role in the group ahead and hope that you can bring the rest back.
1: Probably that is what they'll do. I, I dare say they'll be like, okay, if it's slow, we go with Vibers. If it's really, really hot, Kapecki can win a thinned out sprint. I don't think and they'll like, think it's a GC stage.
2: Boring needs to follow whatever happens GC-wise anyway, so that's regardless of what's happening for the stage.
1: Yeah, I just think, you know, Arden, triple winner, strongest team. I get it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, onto Movistar's team. Van Dlerden, Lippert, Mackay, Bianich, Norsgaard, Patinho, Gutierrez. I dare say they have better climbing domestiques um, mm-hmm. than than sd works particularly patinho is like a dedicated climbing domestique for van vleuten and and lippett too is probably Lippert climbs better than royces so they have better climbing domestiques for van vleuten and the flat domestiques like bianich Mackay, you know are more dedicated for that and they split it in the crosswinds as a team performance so that's why when i Okay, I think Lippert might be able to go for a stage here and there in our mm-hmm. moments, but this team is all around Anamie van der Lurten. They want to defend. Uh, they, they want to go for the triple this year. Love Welter, Girardonna, they've already ticked off. She won the inaugural edition. They want to go for the triple and win yellow again. And So, yeah, I think it's a really, really strong team. I don't really see too much weakness in it, frankly. they got flat, medium
2: mountain and and mountains covered. I agree. I'm also curious how that combination of Lippert van Vleuten will go. I feel like it will go better than in the preseason. In the preseason, I I feel like they were trying a lot with van Vleuten from far with Lippert from late, yeah. but they both weren't the favorite from each of their positions. So they were kind of. It's weird to say this with van Vleuten and Lippert, but they were outsiders for the race as a consequence. Yeah. While when it comes to the Tour de France, fun, I generally feel like they can compete for, like. Stages, but the thing with Lippert as well is she has so much difficulty actually winning. Like she can win a national championships, but when it comes to the races throughout the season, she's always second and third. So I always feel like she's gonna get beaten by someone at any finish that she arrives at. But I agree, their domestiques are on full on be- are full on better than last year, and I also like their their tactics in some of the stage races in the past and some of the classics in the past. Like I swear they had a Patinio. Uh, satellite rider at some point in a race yep. in the past, and that type of stuff. Uh, I like that stuff. So we've got those as the the two main teams, and I think the Movistar strategy is much easier than than the SD Work strategy because if you're Movistar, the thing you focus on is making sure Van Vleuten doesn't lose time on any stage except Tourmalet and smash up the Tourmalet and hope that you're good enough to make sure that any loss that you could have towards Vollering in the time trial that comes afterwards is taken care of on the climb itself.
1: And I think the hierarchy between Lippert and Van Vloten is, when it really comes down to it, is, is clear in, a, in yeah. a stage race like this. In the Ardennes, yeah, they were kind of sharing, each doing their own thing, but here the hierarchy is is clearer. Um, Agreed. But yeah, on to the next uh, GC team is Trek-Segafredo, who bring no...
2: Oh, la 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 no. La.
1: Little I mean, erasure. Oh, sorry, sorry, Little Trek, Little Trek, or Little Trek. I've, no, but listen, SD Works also have a co sponsor, Pro Time. Now, I, the mid- yep. my brain, right? Listen up. My brain, once the season has started, is fixed, not moldable, cannot change, cannot have new concepts introduced to it. During the cycling season, do not give me new information. October to December, I, my brain becomes malleable like a child's once again. So that's why I really struggle with the mid-season. You know, what was it? <laughs> Alberson, De Kernic, or I? Yeah. You know. Anyway, Little trick. I apologize. Um, they don't bring Riolini, but they bring Lucinda Brand, uh, Diagnan, Balsamo, Sang, Sanguinetti, Longoborghini, Spratt, and Hansen. So I think Spratt, Spratt's their GC leader. Uh, more she? than Borghini. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I, I believe Longoborgini will Borghini GC. still
2: be their GC leader. Mm. Uh, if I look at this team, let, let, me, let, let me tell you how I see it, if I take a look at this team. I see Borghini as spread as riders that will try and top five this race, and maybe fight for the third spot, but I believe that top five is the, the highest they can get in GC. And then we've got Sanguinetti as the as the lead out for Balsamo, who's not had a very good run into this race because she's been injured. She broke um, her mandible, a fractured mandible, both sides, I think, and then also her um, it's in her face, um, right? Something she broke something. Okay, I don't know. I'm not a medical person, but she broke something, and she only had clearance to train two weeks ago, according to the media. So I'm kind of like I'm kind of shocked she's on the start list, to be honest. So. I don't know what to expect. I hope she's good, but I'm worried. Then Daignan, I see her as Domestique type for most of these races, and maybe she can compete for a stage somewhere on, like, a, a versatile terrain. Brand same story. Versatile terrain, maybe in a group ahead she can get and that way get something out of it, but she's also domestique type on this terrain. But I don't see the major difference between Longoborghini and Spratt that you seem to see. Oh, I'm just
1: thinking of Tourmalet, but then again, on Jebelle, her feet, Longa Borghini was very good. She put a minute into Pepe Camp and Co., so maybe I am, you know, and, and Persico, maybe I am um, overrating Sprat. but I'm more doing that based on, there's been moments this year where Riolini was very clearly stronger than Spratt, yeah. and they sort of almost had Riolini pacing in front of her. I can't remember which race it might have been La Vuelta where they didn't react to that. And it seemed like Spratt, given her, you know, in the hierarchy, seemed to be quite high up. So I think both will go for GC as long as possible. They will think that Spratt can do okay on the Tourmalet finish. You know, she is very small. But, um, yeah, there's there's clearly just a huge gap. It's like in the men's race. There is a huge gap between the top two Top Guns and the the sort of people competing for the podium could would I be surprised if Elise Long or Borghini finishes on the podium? No, I wouldn't be that surprised. Um,
2: no, but I would say it's unlikely. I think it's position four to seven in my head.
1: Yeah, I, there might be. I mean, is Labou over the course of eight stages really that much better? Yes. In the T in the TT a flat TT ish. I trust amounts- in TT. Okay. Yeah, probably she is, but I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if Elisa Longa finished on the podium. And, you know, last year she finished sixth. So, yeah, she did struggle. And it's actually uh, Cash and Iodoma who edged LeBou for the podium. So, anyway, it's a solid enough team, but I don't think they have the perfect team with the perfect preparation that they might have hoped for. Obviously, I think Balsamo winning a stage is like their main goal and podium with Sprato Longa Long Um Yeah, The wildcard team, you've already alluded to, uh, Benji is FDJ uh, well no sorry that was you didn't allude to them really but the, to me they're the wildcard team Ludwig, Brown, Cavalli, Music and they have Los Arches as well, Jadeville and Guazzini are sort of flat and for sprints but four riders Cavalli really inconsistent and uh, since that crash in this, in this race last year but then, like, the Giradonna, she wasn't very good. But then she destroyed everybody on the Altacam in the small Pyrenean stage race in a watts per kilo test this year. And then you got Brown, who I don't think will go for GC, and Music, who... Did Labou beat her for the white jersey last year? Uh, I think... She did. Was
2: Labou available? I They think weren't
1: even eligible. Sorry, I mean the French, the French jersey.
2: I, I don't know what the French jersey is, man. She beat, we yeah, we don't celebrate beat her for that the in Belgium. Jersey.
1: Um <laughs> then you got Music and then you got Ludwig who also finished just in front of finished in front of Musich so I don't really I think this team's going to be a free for all.
2: Ooh. Uh, I actually somewhat agree as in the hierarchy isn't overly clear but I also have the opinion that based on Girodon, for example Peter Ludwig was the stronger one compared to Cavalli but then Cavalli was strong in Tour de Pyrénées for example that raised got that got cancelled cuz of the safety issues so it's like every leader of their team has performed better than the other at some point in this year. Uh, one thing I'm certain about is that I feel like Grace Brown will be more the Roycer type that can go for a stage yeah. in that way by going early, maybe with Roycer. Maybe they can meet up in the breakaway. And as d can say to Brown and say, well, we want an advantage with Roycer and you want a stage win. So let's go on an adventure and see who uh, who wins it. Then again, Brown wins it because she's got a good sprint. But... um. I agree. I think it's it's not overly clear what the hierarchy in the team will be, and I think the race will make it out. But I'm also somewhat fearful that the race making it out, you will only know late in this race who your actual leader is. <laughs> if, if GC stays as close as I perhaps expect it to be, Uttir should be pretty good on a Hilly stage, just Cavalli as well, so they shouldn't be losing that much. So it will come down towards the last mountain stage and is it a big deal that they're not working for each other and looking after itself on the tourmalade i don't know because not really
1: other you teams will control yeah just follow at your own pace and yeah I, don't, I think it's more of an issue in how they manage the medium mountain stages which we keep referring to which i think will be decisive for gc uh canyon shram they actually have had a better season so far this year. They have Mike van der and Alice Towers, Elise Shabby's very, very good in the Ardennes. Nivia Doma, who podiumed this race last year, but with a big gap. Paladin, Shkaniak Sojka, who's been like a Polish addition, but uh, she won loads of races this year. She's been quite good. But my wild card and my pick for the... is Ricarda Bauer. Find Now, la la. she is 23... She came third on the Mirador de Peñas Llana stage in La Vuelta. She came fifth on Covadonga. She was pretty good, consistent in the World Tour Classics, but not outstanding. And yeah, she looks like a, a pure climber that will do really, really well in the Tourmalet. And they also have Nivea So I'll be interested to see how they manage those two. I think Bauer find might even be better than Nivea in the High Mountains here.
2: I really like... Find, as in, the, the team that they had, they had Niedermeyer and Find that really stepped up since last year. Niedermeyer had a fantastic stage when at Don, where she, she attacked very early, together with Labuda, tried to follow her later on, Labuda ended second in that stage, Niedermeyer ended up winning that stage, but she was also present in the other stages when it comes to GC fights, so... It's kind of sad that we don't see her at the Tour de France Femme, but it's also logical considering the crash she had in that race and maybe she hasn't come back from that. She's super young. But seeing Bauer find is, is at least a, a consolation for that because she was strong at, was it the Velta Feminina? Yeah. Uh, where she was close in GC stages. And when it comes to her Ardennes, for example, she was on the second row, so 13th to 25th position. So I agree in that scenario. Oh, when it comes to that team, it's hard. Because, like, Kasha Niviodoma, last year, was above expectations for me when it comes to her result. I did not expect her to come third in the Tour de France Femme. I did not expect her to be so good on the longer mountains. As in, I expected her to kind of weather away as the climbs become longer. But she was able to sustain her gap on the other competitors for the podium quite well there. So... I still think the team will go for Nivea as GC leader at Canyon Shram. Damn. But the TT is like so decisive, eh?
1: Yeah, I don't know how they'll go on the TT. Um, I guess they've got decent enough equipment. Team Jumbo-Visma, pretty obvious team. They want to win a stage with Mariana Vos. They have Marcus, who will try and go for a GC top 10. Lebecki, I don't I, th- I don't really see how she fits in with, with Vos. To me, she should be her lead-out. Van Acht, Anna Henderson and Schwinkels as well. Mm-hmm. So they'll be going, yeah. Marcus basically does her own thing on GC trying to get a top 10. And yeah. I think that they're one of the teams that should be really trying to make that first stage climb. Very, very difficult and trying to get rid of Vibers. And then Voss has a decent chance against Volsamo and uh, and Capecchi.
2: I agree. I agree with that. The thing with Vos as well is that she had a bit of an evolution this year where in the Vuelta, she was dominant on the versatile stages, but in the Giro, Donna felt like there was something missing. There was a certain stage where she wasn't super happy about her performance, where she kind of didn't feel like she was able to give it all or something, that her legs just weren't there that day. At first, it looked like a mechanical, but it wasn't. And I'm not sure if that means that she's gone down a bit in terms of evolution throughout the season. But if she's at the top step, then she can win one or two stages in this Tour de France film. When it comes to Marcus, I'm looking at a potential top 10 NGC, and the TT will be a very vital part in yeah, being true. able to she should be good there. jump past riders. But there's also quite a few other good TT'ers in the top 10, like a Volring and Van Vleuten will be good. Borg yeah, that... had a great T3 at, at Swiss, but on paper but there Marcus will be good. and
1: Musich in that.
2: I agree, Musich. I think Labu might be too far ahead at that point.
1: Yeah. Uh. Anyway, she was actually quite good pacing herself on the on the high mountains in, the, in La Vuelta, Marcus. I was surprised yep. by that. I'm uh, just going to be quickly through some of the other teams. We have Jaco Alula with Manly as the versatile sprint option. Sant Esteban is the GC rider. will try and get a top 10, uh, as well as Howe, Alan, Pate, Kessler, and Campbell. UAE team ADQ bring Persico, who was actually the revelation of last year's Tour de France Femme Swift. She was, I think, uh, she didn't win a stage, but she was quite close on a few occasions, even in splits, and competing against Voss for a stage win. Fifth uh, in GC. Also, fifth in GC. She was outstanding. Now she hasn't really, I would say, she hasn't backed that up too much this year. Like she was twelfth at Vuelta, ninth at Burgos, eighth at Giro but oh, she won Brabantse Pale and fourth of Flanders. No, she had been good in the classics, but no I, upgrade. I don't know yeah right? she she kind of confirmed she is a serious rider the The absence in that team is whilst they bring Magnaldi, who's you know their consistent g c option mm-hmm. they don't bring elena Ivanchenko who's a nineteen year old russian um she is i'm very very high on her as a prospect like really high i think she's like the <laughs> real deal eight on Coverdonga, and you know her her training and and everything has not been ideal um so, yeah, and she's 19. So, I really think Ivanchenko is good, but she's not going to be there. So, Magnaldi is clearly there. GC rider. Chiara Consoni is their sprinter. Again, well, a pretty obvious team and how they'll approach Sages.
2: I'd say Persico is their GC leader with Magnaldi as support, maybe. Or do you reckon they both go for GC?
1: Ooh, I mean, Magnaldi came fifth in Dioradona. And I don't, I wouldn't sacrifice one for the other. I'd see how both okay. are going. Uh, Persico uh, will I obviously that. be the. The rider for the punchy stages mm-hmm. uh, and the punchy finishes, but I don't think, I think Manialdi is maybe better on like Laguna Stanaya. She came second and she dropped That's Crazy Go huh? a little bit. So, um, two GC think, leaders. Yeah, I think they'll just go with the two and see how they end up. Uh, yeah. EF, EF Go Ewers is their GC rider and Alison Jackson, the Parry winner. Maybe she can get in a breakaway here on some of these mediums, middle stages. Uh, with Georgie Williams. So they'll be going for a stage and to see how well their American G C prospect
2: but viewers can do. Have we discussed Ashley Moore and Pasio? We have not yet at AG Insurance. She uh she moved team. She got way more leadership as she's the sole leader now. Last year she was duo leader. And she had a bad day basically on the on the Grand Ballon stage, the Platzerwassel um markstein stage i just named like three things in the stage to hope that everybody understands what stage i'm talking about (laughs) but um i would argue that on the Tourmalet, i expect her to be there but i'm also of the opinion that we're talking about a a position three to seven rider again as in i don't see her compete against the best riders because Overall, as a GC rider, I feel like she lacks a little bit compared to a Vollring and a Van Vleuten. And this year, I feel like that was confirmed. On the Burgos, yes, she she got third, for example, behind Vollring and Van Androoy, but two minutes and eleven behind Demi Volring, for example, yeah. in that race. Then she was actually competitive in the Tour de Pyrénées, where she got beaten by Cavalli ahead of Niedermeyer. So that's also, once again, not against the two best Dutchmen either in the... In the Hilly Classics, I feel she was just not, as in, the problem with her is that she doesn't have a sprint either, eh? So, she doesn't have a proper sprint to be able to compete with the likes of a Volring on a a flat finish, for example, or that kind of stuff. So in the hill Classics, she was there, but not necessarily at the competitive level where she can win stuff. And I'm not sure that she's shown this year that she can podium the Tour de France for me.
1: No, but she does have the good TT setup because uh, they're yeah. on Specialized, so that's an advantage against some of the other teams. Um, so for her, but yeah, I don't... She On her, quote-unquote, her stages, she still hasn't been that good. Like, she, she got beaten by Cavalli. She got fifth yeah. on, on in some of the Spanish ones. So, you know, they're and the stages the she should TTR. be winning. <laughs> yeah, like- probably not.
2: The equipment's there, but you also need to be a top-T tier, and she's probably going to lose a minute towards Van Vleuten and Volering on that parkour, and she's probably going to lose time to Longo Borghini on that parkour, and some of the other GC riders. Maybe similar time to Niviadoma, a bit worse than Labu, I'd argue, in the time trial, so that's kind of what I'm, what I'm expecting, perhaps. But, yeah, that's basically my take on Ashley Molman, and it's also, AJ Insurance actually had a pretty good season, I'd argue, because, like, we, we saw the Volta for... Was it in the Velta? No, it was uh, and- Andalusia. No, Valenciana, I think. The one where Molman got yeah, second. Yeah, Sigmana. She ended won by up. second. Yeah, exactly. I think Lota Hentela is in their team as a sprinter.
1: really Are you surprised not-,
2: not to see Wollaston?
1: I am because Wollaston, she seems to be very like good after, you know, like a hard day or like she came as the race progressed in the She her results improved. She actually came fifth on the second last stage and third on the, the last stage. And I don't know, she has 24 race days, but yeah, I'm a little bit surprised not to see her there. She'll be going to the world championship. She's a 22 year old Kiwi, by the way, and she's been very, very good this year in sort of. She won the Schwabie Classic, one of the biggest races of the year, actually. The Get first, the fuck out. The first race of the year. <laughs> um, Thanks for coming. So, yeah, she's good. I am surprised not to see her there. Maybe she's injured. I don't know because she's better than, you know, some of the other riders in their team. Last team I'll just mention is Israel. Claire Steels is quite strong. She's had a good year for them. I'd like to see her in a breakaway, but I think she'll try... I don't know. And then there's Tamara Dronova balabolina She is um, also Good. a breakaway candidate. You know, she she's won races this year. She won two at Andalusia. Uh, so I would think they would try to get both of those riders in a breakaway because, yeah, winning against the top guns from the GC or Peloton is going to be very, very difficult. But I think it's time to move to the, the stages, stage-by-stage stage analysis, Benji. No,
2: no, 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 no. I feel like we should talk sh- shortly about the sprinters at this race. Because okay. we discussed Wibbers exists. We discussed, well, we haven't discussed fully that Cole exists. She also oh, lives. Oh, we
1: forgot DSM. No, we should do DSM. Sorry. I, I missed that. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cole, tell me about DSM for, and there's another team, DSM Firmenich.
2: Yes, DSM Firmenich. That is the team. They've got Charlotte to call for the sprints. We spoke about Labu already, so I, I'll say that, that to decide for now. Mainly the sprint right now, they've got Georgie, Jastrap, and maybe Kourine to help out with the train a tiny bit, but I feel like it's mainly going to be Georgie and Jastrap in that train. Georgie's been the lead out the entire season. It's kind of a similar s- storyline to Works. They still bring Georgie, but Jastrap is added. So I'm kind of kind of trying to figure out what their train will look like. Will they put Jastrap in the wheel of Georgie or ahead of Georgie? Because on paper, Jastrap is the faster sprinter, but then again, we know that the faster sprinter doesn't necessarily mean that they're the better lead out. So I feel like they might go towards the year before kind of train setup, where this should be a fucking good train, and I think DSM yeah, will have the best the probably the best train, like you say. I do think that SD Works will be competitive too with their Kopci Braderwald train, so it's gonna be one versus one in those trains. But those are the two main sprinters. Balsamo we mentioned, not the greatest preparation. Consoni second tier sprinter in my opinion like, third, full, fifth in the, in the sprints against these top riders. Marina Vos, Maika van der Duyn, completely underrated this season. I swear, if I look at her results, list, is like top trees everywhere. It's, a, it's she's actually fucking good. I rewatched all the sprints of the entire season yesterday. And I feel like every sprint I heard, Maika van der Duyn in like, the background. <laughs> so it was, it was super cool to see. But then the, it continues a eh, Barbeeri, Norsgaard, Hentela. But looking at that list. Wibis is the fastest flat sprinter to me, but it's not like last year, eh? Last year, we were starting off the race and we were being like, oh, Wibis is going to win this, this, this stage, and there's no one that can compete with her. And I feel like this year, she has some competition in the sense that she can't make mistakes anymore.
1: Well, yeah, Cole went 2-1 two, two in the desert and actually Consoni was quite good there too, but we don't have too many of the UAE tour style very easy stages or, you know, yeah. pancake flat stages. So I do think uh, Viber has a little bit of an endurance or fitness edge given her improvement this year on Charlotte Cool. how that, will, that might give her more opportunities to win in some yeah. of these uh, 50-50 stages. But yeah, I think Yastra will be the last lead out and five georgie will be the setup woman um second last for cole and, and yeah i think they actually should be blowing blowing sd works out of the water on some of these stages in the lead outs because i don't think Volering will be doing the lead out actually uh anyway dsm strong team laboo and it has pepper camp in support for gc uh who was quite good on her feet but yeah laboo will go for another top gc result for the the French jersey, but she'll be aiming for the podium this year. She'll be trying to improve. French jersey. The French jersey.
2: <laughs> the mythical anyway, French jersey.
1: <laughs> it's important. You'll see on stage 20 in yeah. the men's tour. Um, stage one 123.5 Ks from Clement Ferrand to Clement Ferrand. It has no categorized climbs until the stage three climb, the Côte d'Artol, 1.6 kilometers, 7%, including some steeper sections than that. That crest, 9 Ks from the finish it's a very very difficult stage to know exactly uh who will win and so yep. i'm gonna go with who i'm pretty sure will be there in most scenarios and that is mariana Voss to win this stage and take the first yellow jersey because i don't know what sd works will do
2: me neither but i'm still gonna go for lorena wibis because i believe that there are competent strategies for sd works to take that wibis can win this stage relatively easily and she can climb better than all the other pure sprinters so as long as she gets over that climb and i would even argue i truly believe that if the punchers launch on that climb that weebus can follow it's an yeah. out there take but she's been so good this year that it would not surprise me to the point that i i kind of see her make the split
1: there's some little hills beforehand you know it's up yeah. and down Depends how they're raced. I think it's really a, a well-designed stage because I, I really don't know. You could be right. It depends who wants to launch and be aggressive. To be honest, if I'm... Lippert? Yeah, if I'm Lippert and you want her to go for it, or you're Nivea Doma and, and Canyon Shramp, what do you do? You do try punch your way on that climb. I think it's a really interesting first stage, and, and I don't know, and that's why... Yeah, I think Voss makes it in most scenarios. Balsamo is another one where it's like, but we're unsure of her form. But yeah, you, you're going with Vibers. I'm going for Voss. I can't wait to see who takes it's, first yellow.
2: It's also different to an RVV, for example, because RVV climbs are shorter than 1.7k, yeah, except if R-den your name climb. is out of Cuadermont. I agree. So that's the one worry I have when it comes to Webers. that it's an LBL type climb and not an... It's, it's not even an Amstel climb because Amstel climbs are usually no. shorter as well. It doesn't be shorter, have the fatigue but...
1: before of LBL, so... I agree. One anyway, big
2: effort. Stage two, then. We've got a parkour that is a... Uh, I don't know, man. Like, this parkour. Clément Ferro to Moriac. It's a parkour that the first half is roly, I would say. As in, the first 30 kilometers are false flat uphill. And then it goes false flat downhill. I'm using that term very, very widely at the moment. But the second half... It's quite hilly. It's got multiple climbs, as in just past halfway point of the race, of 4.6 kilometer, 5.5% climb, then a small 1k, 2k plateau, and then we go into the next climb, 1.3k, 6.8%. So some attrition climbs or potential attack options from that climb already with 50k to go if you want to send riders forward from that point onwards. Then there's like a rolly plateau with some hills in there, but the true triumphing moment in this race is the last 3.4k, which is 5.8%. The first two kilometers are the harder part. And it kind of flattens out to the finish line. And I have no clue what SD works will do on this stage. Like, absolutely no clue. I cannot predict this.
1: There's also a bonus sprint uh with about 26 kilometers to go at the end of a yeah. one kilometer five percent climb. I presume it's eight five two, like the men's race on offer there. I think this is a GC day. Okay. Well, no, and because you you really have to Just like with the stage before, you know, 1.6K, 7.6% the stage before. In the men's race, I'm like, ah, they'll get over it, no problem. But we see that these sort of climbs can really blow apart a race. And when I see 4Ks, 7% out of neutral, if someone hits it, it, the bunch could be completely shredded. And then it's still uphill, falls flat for the next 20Ks. And then there's loads of hills, and then there's all this fatigue before, uh, you know, a 4.6k, 5.5% climb, Mate. followed by a 1300 meter, 7% climb. That is enough to split the race. We saw it in the Girardonna. We've seen it in in many other races. Van Vlurten and Vollering, that is enough for them to attack each other and other riders and drop them. So uh, I think SD Works need to go all in on this stage to isolate. Uh, Van Vleuten, and basically try and have Royster go solo with a hundred k's to go. That's what I would do on the on the four point seven percent Cote de la Stelle, I would have the bunch already reduced yeah. by Capecchi or somebody, and I would attack with Royster there with hundred k's to go and say over to you, Movistar. I actually
2: I actually like the the ballsy tactic because this is the shit you need to do to try and win the race from Van Vleuten if you wait until the until the last Tourmalet climb, then you're looking at a, at a potential loss there. We don't know yet, because volering has been climbing good this year, so she could also beat Van Vleuten on the Tourmalet, but you don't want to risk that. Yeah, so, I don't like 50-50. Yeah. At worst, they need to get in the break with Royster with 50k to go. At worst. That's how I see it. So, because Roycer can win the stage early in the same way that Grace Brown can do it by attacking early in the in that same fashion so like a bunch of avengers of long-term attackers should like bond together and go on a bit of a move on this stage and i would love them attack with 100k to go but i do not see it happening i have zero confidence they will do that <laughs> probably I think, not no. i think they see the stage and say oh it's an opportunity for Kopeki at the finish line
1: wow yeah i mean if strada bianca you know she was very very strong and that's a difficult race too with with harder climbs so yeah probably they look at this and they think you know why don't we thin it out with 50k to go as you said and demi goes for the sprint for the bonies and then you know maybe roycer attacks with 20k to go after that six percent climb later in the stage i really think they got to send a long ranger with royce Kapeki won't work because she's not really relevant for gc and, and, you know, if Royce takes a lot of time and then has a TT, who knows? Like, now you really are... I don't think Movistar will want to give Royce that much time, and so you really will be putting them under pressure, and maybe if you're Canyon-Shram, you try join her. I, I really think you've got to gang up on Movistar and then Lurton and put them under pressure because, well, if they've launched that first 50 Ks or so, or say they've launched the second set of climbs before the intermediate sprint, how many riders will Movistar have with with Van Vluten. Just lip it, right? I don't expect e- it to be more than lip it.
2: Probably. Probably. Now, that's I agree. a
1: good rider to have with you, I grant you. But anyway, that, I really think this should be a, this is a sneaky G C day where shit could completely go off. Uh, but in the finish, Benji, uh I'm gonna go with Demi Volering winning the stage. I think it's quite hard. I think actually okay. I think Estee Works gotta get her going for the bonies at the finish. I don't sorry, Capeki, but um just like Van Aert, I'm sorry, but we're here to win GC. Yeah and yeah, I think this is a demi-volering win.
2: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go completely against what I said earlier. I'm gonna go for Lippert, even though I just said she can't win. So Leona Lippard wins this. I feel like she's had a good punch in and Giro Don and I, I kind of see it. But it's also the same thing. They're gonna go with Lippert for the stage and maybe, because Van can't necessarily win from that group against Volering, but she's also gonna sprint, but then you're kinda losing out on on bonus seconds with Van Vleuten, or a competitiveness with Van Vleuten, if you don't lead out Van Vleuten, so that's also an interesting dynamic I'm looking for on this stage that I can't predict.
1: Sneaky stage win for Ludwig also on the cards. she won a yeah. stage last year in an uphill sprint where Van Vleuten was sick and SD works didn't press the advantage Ludwig also quite good to snipe a stage like this stage three from Cologne La Rouge to Montignac Lascaux 147.5 kgs to me this is the first clear sprint stage uh even though there are rolling climbs throughout the day it's not a flat stage like there's you know six percent for one kilometer but it's far further from the finish i think vibus wins
2: this stage benji i think it's such a these these routes are actually really intriguing because like if you took this parkour and you looked at it in men's cycling this would be controlled entirely we have less domestics in women's cycling as in, there's only seven riders per team, yep. not eight riders per team, and with teams that aren't necessarily fully on GC or fully on sprint, that means that there's even less domestiques in that sense. Because if you focus your entire team on a sprinter, then you'll have more domestiques. So I kind of felt the same when I looked at this parkour, that this would be a sprint stage, but I also see opportunities for attacks throughout the parkour. So. I'd say it ends in a sprint. I also say Wibbers is the favorite. But I would say it wouldn't surprise me if we do see a a move, maybe not Royster, but maybe Rihanna Marcus or something with on that climb with 50k to go, for example, um on the Cote des Andrieux combination with Saint Aubert, that kind of plays for a move like that.
1: This is really a stage as well that a breakaway a strong break could try and go of non-GC riders. So maybe I'm I'm looking at a sort of a manly, because Manly's not going to win the bunch sprint against vibers so she may as well but she could win a reduced group sprint from a breakaway so if i'm jaco i try to get manly in the break or have amber pate or georgie howe try set her up you know i'm also looking at shabby dronova balabalina on israel as i mentioned or grace brown i really think a breakaway has a decent chance if enough riders and teams accept that listen if we go to the finish we're not going to beat cole and vibers Yep. or even Consani, so uh, i think that has a chance and, and as you said well, like <laughs> how many of if royces say in gc if Vollerings in gc now okay mm-hmm. chikini Bredevold, and majoris have to control the whole stage and yes dsm have riders so i don't know a breakaway could win this if they all yep. get get together
2: i agree i agree with that and the next stage is also an opportunity where late attacks can happen because that's kind of the punchy stage. We've got Kaor to Rodez. This is 177 kilometers, like you said, the longest stage. And is this the longest stage of Mariano Vos's career? Because I swear, last year, last year uh, it was just shorter than this and I swear I said that it was the longest stage of her career. So this is once again the longest stage of her career if i unless I'm completely wrong. But this parkour is 75% flat, roughly flat. And then the last 25% is hills. We've got, uh, I'd say, Four, three categorized climbs, but rolling hills in between in that last 25%. It starts with the Côte de Colombia, which uh, is 6.6 percent uh, 6.6 kilometers at 4.2%. A bonus sprint on the plateau on top, so that's going to be intriguing. Slightly uphill towards it. And then the last two climbs follow after this descent of that, which is the Côte de Moraz, 4.7k, 5.1%. These two climbs we mentioned so far, not the craziest percentage. And the hardest climb... Percentage wise is the next one, but it's the shortest one. So that's a punchy type. The code, the, I can't read it because there's text throughout the Go other text. La de la la verge? Something Côte like la, that.
1: Côte de la Verne. Yeah.
2: Okay. 2.3 kilometers, 7.1%. And then we are roughly, I'd say, 10 kilometers before the finish line with some rolly descent, but an uphill drag towards the finish line. So if you take a look at the spark core, the final ramp is 8.6%, by the way, that final ramp. So it's not exactly an uphill drag either. I am thinking the last three climbs that I mentioned there—they're also not the climbs where I see major differences. So I feel like this is truly a punchy finish between Leopard Ludwig. Oh, uh, well, I Voring. think it's a big GC day. Really?
1: Yeah, I think this is—it's like two, two and a half thousand meters elevation. A lot of it's in the last twenty-five, thirty kilometers. I think you know, six point six k is four point two percent. It doesn't sound that hard, but you know, the, sp- the lower speeds they do, you know, with the- there's still a lot mm-hmm. of fatigue there, the- there. And then 5% for 4.7Ks, again, I think that's, I-, I think there could be big action here. And, and I think Vollering has to go for it. I think, is LBL that much harder than this? You know, is that's it so that mu- it-, it is
0: It is, <laughs> but it's
1: a long stage and... 180 ks, and then an uphill finish. You know, I really think this could be this could kick off. I think right. Canyon Shram got to use riders up the road like Shabby, like yes. they tried to do in the Ardennes, and and that's how they try and put pressure on or win the stage. And because of that bonus sprint, they'll already be GC riders moving early, trying to sprinting, and then yep. all of a sudden they have a uh, they have a gap, and the group is four riders, and they're like all right, let's go. So. I, th- I think this is a great stage for Volering. No surprise, she won all three Ardennes races. So I think Estiwork's got to go all in for her and get her to win the stage at a minimum. And a gap would be good
2: too. Good take, I would say. I think, um, I think I agree with most of what you said, except for the fact that I don't expect the differences to be that huge on the stage. And it's also like, we're talking about the small climbs and so forth. Would you reckon that, if you're a Movistar, do you make the longer climbs as hard as possible to make sure the Vavolring snap on the smaller hills doesn't hit as hard?
1: Yeah, i would get Kopecky and put her at a pace on the 6k 4% climb already. No, if, you,
2: if you're Movistar, I'm saying, oh, sorry, if you're sorry, Movistar, sorry, sorry. don't you make the longer climbs harder to make sure the snap doesn't hit as hard?
1: With Patino or someone? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what I'd do if I was Movistar. Maybe get it up the road, I don't know. I also don't have van vlorten's shape maybe i'm wrong in thinking that volering's better on the punchy stages because maybe van vlorten wasn't in her best shape in the in the ardennes and so she will be better here um but yeah this inherently, is a great thing. yeah
2: inherently volering does have the advantage on this Well yeah. i agree with that yeah. but yeah anyway the next stage i'll throw it over here to you it's a it's a weird stage
1: it is a strange stage, 126 Ks from Onel Le Chateau to Albi. It is short, but again, punchy climbs throughout the stage. I really think this is... I mean, I, I'm not going to repeat the full argument I made about <laughs> using Royce to gain time on GC to put pressure on Movistar, but again, yeah. this is one of those where you could try and do that. It's uphill to start. i really like to see a breakaway go. I think there'll be enough GC gaps here. I, I really think the break could win this if they if they do it right, because it's short, mm-hmm. punchy. Can Veebas really make the finish? Probably, but they can't go too fast on the climbs chasing behind because they might drop her. And there's 2.2K, 7.6% followed by 1.6K, 7.6%, and another bony sprint after another 1,700m 6% climb, about 30 k from the finish. So it, I think it's another very difficult stage where depending on the appetite of the peloton, we might see gaps again. And I'll just repeat that. I think SD work should use Royster offensively here, um, but I'm yep. going to go with the Mariana Voss uh, small group sprint finish. I just think it'll be a little bit too hard for Vibers, And because of the bonus sprint, they will be going quickly up those climbs. Um, so I think the, I think Vos wins this
2: one. I think it's very possible, but I'm going to be opposite man today. I'm going to say Veebers anyway. Because I think she climbs well, but I agree that the climbs are too long. So I expect her to kind of be off the back on those climbs. And then it depends on whether SD Works is willing to drop people back to try and bring her back in the last 27k of this race, which is not impossible. So that's my take on this, I guess. But the next stage is pure sprint stage. Uh, there's hills in it, but I don't expect them to overly matter nah. ex- because the hardest ones are in the first half. <laughs> so yeah, that's notable. but. Your flat sprint, I think it's between Wibus and Cole. And to offset our predictions of Wibus every single stage, I'm going to go for Cole on this one. I'm going
1: to go with Chiara Consoni, but yeah, I, was, I would have picked Cole too. Um, I think this is the one she'll be really targeting as one, yeah, her team is good for. They'll be able to control the short stage like this, yeah. 122Ks, you know, three hours or less. So, yeah. Uh, next stage, the big one, 91Ks from Lana Mezant to tourmalet from uh, Sommery de Campagne, beast of a stage. They do the Col d'Aspin as a little warm up, a climb that on its own would be enough to create huge GC gaps if it was the finishing climb, like we saw with Col onga Twelve k's at six point six percent, then a not too difficult descent before about of about thirteen kilometers, and there's some recovery in there as well before the false side uphill. And because the first four k's of Tormelay are not so hard. But yeah, 17.2 Ks, 7.3%. This is going to be a beast up to 2,100 meters. And I think uh, I, I'm going with Vollering. I, re- I think she's better than Van Vlurten on the longer climbs. I think she's turned, she's improved. And, you know, I never count out Van Vlurten, but I was really impressed with the Covertonga performance. That's lower mm-hmm. altitude, of course. There will be huge gaps on this stage. This would, want, would be one that if Riolini was here, I would have picked her. But yeah, this was, you know, this will make all the other GC action most likely in the previous six stages seem irrelevant and really put everyone in their place.
2: I'm extremely curious how it's going to be written because last year we had our major GC mountain stage where we, we anticipated that the race would open up before the broadcast. As in, it would start on the first proper climb. And when I look at this parkour, I span easier, but it's still super hard. Twelve kilometers, six point six percent. That's not easy. So it wouldn't surprise me if we see the differences already being on that climb. But will Von Vleuten be as offensive as usual, knowing that she was beaten on Laguna Zanaya, for example? I I would expect still yes because I in think she will be
1: behind at this point.
2: What do you mean on a span? Oh, NGC. Yeah, okay.
1: NGC. Yeah. Uh, whether it's five <laughs> seconds or a bit more or whatever, I think yeah. Vollering will have more ponies than her up to this yeah. point.
2: I think von Vleute will try and open it up on a spam already, similar really? fashion of last year where she where she opened it up really early. So I sincerely hope we got the broadcast starting at the foot of our of our span or I'm gonna be perishing. Okay. I will trust you on that. If it doesn't K's start, finish, yeah. I will come knock on your door. But <laughs> I um I think that for me, I'm always pro race entertainment. And I think the most entertaining thing would be if Van Vleuten can take time on Volring on this stage, so that it's down to the time trial where I think Volring has a slight edge on Van Vleuten.
1: I mean, AVV on a day in a TT is yeah. it, I don't really know either. I actually couldn't. Uh, I don't know. Um, but you're right. I think it might even. I think it might be a mistake for Van Vleuten to do what she did last year, given Volring's level, to just pay. And then and then what do you do if she's with you at the top of Col d'Aspin? You're going to pace the whole descent in the valley and then the shallow slopes of Tourmale with her in your wheel. That's a big risk that you get dropped then afterwards. So I can't wait to watch. I'll be really closely watching the young guns like Meyer, who, oh, sorry, not Niedermeyer. Well, I wish she was here, but <laughs> finds her German compatriot. Um, You'll be rewatching watching Giro Don in the
2: meanwhile. <laughs>
1: maybe. Watching Niedermeyer. Um, I'll be also be interested to see, you know, what do other top, you know, podium candidates, but yeah, also yeah, yeah. top 10 GC contenders... When, when AVV goes crazy, if she's behind, or Van Vollering, if, if the two guns go crazy, I think the other riders should do a Grant Thomas here. Unless they really feel a million bucks. But if yep. you're Veronica Ewers, if you're Mulman, if you're Magnaldi, if you're Spratt, if you're Balfind, as I said, um, probably the best option, is or Music or LeBou, probably the best option is doing your own pace. Basically, Otherwise, you risk killing yourself.
2: Don't do what Utrecht Ludwig did on that on that random climb in the Tour of Norway two years ago, where she tried to follow Van yeah. Vleuten to the point that she finished third instead of second, if I recall correctly, on that stage. So that's the kind of thing. like Play knowing that you won't win the Tour de France fun. Play for the podium.
1: Yeah, uh, if the race goes as we expect. But I think Nivea Dome is actually very good at that. From memory last year, I feel like she was often dropped quite early on like super planche de Belfi or, or the, the Vos stages. And then she chugged her way back to finish like fourth, I think on the super planche de Belfi stage. So yeah. I think Nivia Doma might be quite solid in that, uh, in that regard, but uh, I've got Volering winning the stage, Benji and actually putting GC out of sight,
2: even though there's the time trial the next day. Okay. I think it's not impossible. I think they're going to be, I think Van Vleuten is not the obvious favorite before this Tour de France. The odds, Agree, because Paul rings ahead in the odds, but I think they're just very close to each other and I hope that we've got a very close battle. And going into that time trial, the Paul T twenty-two point six kilometers. Paul's very uh very known within cycling. I- I'm not sure. Is it because the mayor is actually a Tour de France like fanboy, or is it because Paul is kind of the gate to the Pyrenees in the first place?
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure the mayor is like a big dog in French politics.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, so that explains. Anyway, parkour, pretty straightforward. It's the first kilometer is slightly downhill. Then it's flat until the middle of the race where you've got a climb. The Bosda climb, 1.4 kilometers, 7.4%. Pretty, pretty punchy pretty climb for yeah. this TT. <laughs> then it's flat again until the last kilometer, which is kind of uphill again. So it looks like they just mirrored the first half of this TT into the second half of this TT, which is kind of funny to see. But I think the hill... I know, it doesn't matter, irrelevant. Because Van Vleuten and Volring, I rate them very similar on this TT. I just have Volring with a one percent edge, maybe.
0: Yeah, it
1: still is mostly a flat TT. Two hundred meters elevation gain over the twenty-three kilometers. For reference, the TT we just saw in the tour, the men's race was you know six hundred plus meters elevation in the same. So this is largely a flat t- time trial. I think Royster, despite those hills, still wins. I think she she gains enough time on the you know twenty kilometers that there is a flat or false flat downhill. So I'm going with Royce. This is a big target for her. I think this is the the one she will have circled the first TT in the in the Tour de France Femmes avec Swift that we've had and a way to finish the race off. So with Noelle and Van Dijk here on maternity leave, I uh, I think yeah, Royce gets it done. But who knows? Maybe Avv is behind. Maybe Vollering is behind, and we see. A crazy result is there anyone i don't really see anyone close to those three benji and the tt
2: i agree i think royster wins
1: okay they're the stages <laughs> uh but now we, we that we've gone through overall let's talk about then uh, our predictions and how we think the race will go starting with uh the kum jersey unfortunately mm-hmm. i totted up all the numbers it's so uh, it's just so in favor of whoever crosses Aspan Tormelay first because there's a Cat yeah. 1 and an HC climb. Yes, there are loads of Cat 4s and Cat 3s throughout the, the race, but I don't see it as being... And so mathematically, I think someone could take KOM that didn't sort of finish or take points on the, the Queen stage. But realistically, I don't see someone getting in the break every day, taking all those category those points, I think it's between Vollering and, and Van Vluten the KOM and, you know, because I said Vollering will win the Tourmalet stage, I think Vollering will win KOM uh, by default, just the way the points are allocated.
2: I've got the opposite, eh? I have Van Vluten for the stage and okay. I feel like she's going to be first over Osband with Volering in the wheels, so that might True. help as well. So I see this as Van Vluten taking KOM. Then we go towards the, the green jersey and I did not take a look at the point system of the green jersey. so I. Could be really stupid by saying that I believe Lorena Weavers will take it.
1: I think it depends how Capecchi goes. I really, the role of Kapeki in this SD Works team is curious to me. Um,
2: <laughs> I don't think she's going for it.
1: Yeah. Uh... She's basically wowed. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think she's going to be in a, in the weird Wout role this year, where it kind of it doesn't work out for her because either mm-hmm. the stage is too hard and Vollering has to go for it, or it's easy enough that Vibers goes for it. I I find it difficult to see, uh, for her. I mean, and also those intermediate sprints are going to be important too. So I don't think uh, I'm going to go with uh, Mariana Voss winning the points jersey. Mainly because I think there's a lot of these intermediate sprints at the end of Hills, where I think Veebers is going to be... It's going to struggle a little bit, so I'm going to go with Mariana Vos. I think she'll be consistent mm-hmm. enough getting top fives in the pure yeah. bunch sprints, and then she'll take enough points elsewhere that Veebers won't.
2: And I also feel like Yumbo will go all out for it, yeah. while SDWorks has other priorities in the race. So Vos might be the better pick than compared to my pick. But anyway... We haven't spoken about the Y jersey. Am I right in saying that the Y jersey is weird in this race where it's, it's U23, under 23 right? instead of under 25, which is under 25 at the men's, U23 here? I kind of like it because I also feel like half the women's peloton is super young.
1: Oh, I, I disagree. I think I think there's, it's way too thin, the field, for it. Okay. Like, Bauer finds not even eligible for it. Like Yeah. Who's the GC Riders even eligible for? Julie De Vilde?
2: Should it be a combination of, for example, under 25 in your first edition?
1: I think it should just be the same as the men's. I don't know. Is the average age of the women's peloton that much younger than the men's that we're like, isn't the men's peloton the one where we've got all this, the young guns dominating everything? Like, I, I don't understand why it's U23 or what the motivation for that is. It's not like there's been a 23-year-old year that's won every race. It's like bollering, you know, she's what, twenty-six and Lurden's near, you know, in her late thirties. I don't understand it um at all. Uh to be honest, <laughs> to be honest.
2: It's uh it's difficult for me to say who's gonna win this because like you say, it's difficult to know who's eligible. And Bredewald on Park Hotel last year was competitive for this, but she's also U twenty three now, and I'm not sure whether she's still eligible. I don't know what the year rule is for that, but they're just... Borgström last year got close, but Molman is now pure leader for that team as well. So will she be able to get that freedom again? No one knows. Maybe Curinier is like a name that comes in my head. Yeah. Curinier from Sunweb, not not Sunweb, Jesus Christ. I just said Sunweb (laughs) Uh, from uh, DSM. She's uh she's 22 and she she's an okay climber. She's not godlike, but we're looking at the the top 40s to find that that one soul that is young enough to be able to compete, right?
1: I know, really, would have been eligible, and she would have walked it uh if she'd been here, but she's not. So uh, honestly, I don't I don't know. Um, I'm gonna go with uh Eleonora Gasparini from UAE Team ADQ. She won a stage at Tour de Swiss Women. She was like. Good. She's been consistent stage racer throughout the year. I think she should be the favorite for it on UAE, and it's probably the most realistic jersey they can win. Same with the reason Vos for, you know, in points for Jumbo, it's the most realistic jersey they can win. So yeah, I think, I think Gasparini is the favorite for this, and I think she takes it.
2: Okay. There's one thing left there. Eh? The podium of the Tour de France Femme, and I feel like our top two is going to be the two same riders. But actually, have a lot of difficulty figuring out who my third rider on the on the podium step is. Have you figured it out?
1: Well, f- first, let's, like the tactics. Do you think SD Works will? First of all, I believe Volering is the better climber um, now, okay. or at least is equal. TT, I don't know. Could go either way on the day. Better, I think Vollering should be taking more bonies. And there's a lot on offer. There's a couple of those bonus sprints, and they're at the end of hills, and then there's finishes. I think Volering can build up a nice little 15-second buffer with bonies before even the Queen stage. And that makes her in puts her in the wheel of Van Vleurten. And now Van Vleurten has to pace a long time. So yeah, I think uh I think Volering has the advantage from that, and, and then her climbing's at least equal now based on Love Welter but who knows? And so Maybe I'm wrong in even saying that they need to do the crazy stuff with Royce. I would still do it to weaken mm-hmm. Van Vleurten. I would still do it anyway. But uh that's how I see it. I don't think ST works will do that. I do think there's a possibility ST works have some fuck ups and suddenly Kapeki sprinting for bonus sprints instead of v- Volering, or they're trying to go for yeah. Capecchi to win a stage that Volering could come take six seconds in second, you know? Or oh, they're getting Volering to lead out Capecchi, who loses to Voss, and then Volering gets no bonies. That's certainly possible. Uh, but I, I do think Volering's too good. And so that's why I have her ahead. And yeah, you're right. Third. So yeah, my, my podium is, is Volering first, Van Glurten second. Third, I have uh, Kashin Iviadoma. I think Kanyan are on a really good trajectory. I think she is the demi Volering. B Tech version, with her punch yeah. in the massive central on those medium mountain stages. I do think Barfine will be good, but um, not quite good enough. So I was going to pick Barfine for third, but I, I'm going to go with Nivia Doma. I think she's uh, she's been a really consistent stage racer and good in Flanders and Amstel, and I, I think she will repeat her third of last year.
2: I think that's a, a solid podium. I um, on one end, I agree that Volring is for me in my head the most logical winner of this Tour de France, but I feel like we need some competition in this podcast. Yeah. So von Vleuten will win the Tour de France from ahead of Vollering. And the third position will be for Juliette Labou. Side note. Nice. I feel like I'm probably a Juliette Labou fan. Yeah. But regardless of that, she's been in an upward trajectory the last few years. Her longer climbing is good. Whether she can stay within contact in all the other stages. She's been pretty okay in the Hilly Classic. So. I mean, second in Girardana. She's pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. <laughs> she got ahead though in that stage by yeah. attacking the group but that being said she can do that here maybe as well. So Labu and and that's that's the wrap. I'm
1: really excited to see this race. Yeah. I, I really oh. think it, it, I think these massive central stages you might be looking at them and thinking ah this is medium mountain filler. I think you're wrong. I think I think it could kick off not all of them but I think there could be like look at that Vuelta stage that Van Vleuten took the time in the crosswinds. I think avv also she as i said she got that dog in her she's a veteran she senses weakness if she sees any problem with sd works she's gonna go and she's got the team behind her to launch it so i really really can't wait and as i said starts on sunday uh in the afternoon before the champs elise stage so you can watch the women's stage in full and to be honest I don't even bother watching champs stage i just watched focus on the women's race and i can't wait we're gonna have from sunday to the sunday afterwards we'll have wall-to-wall coverage uh, on the podcast of every stage, I'll have highlights of every stage on the Lantern Rouge YouTube channel as well. It's a it's a big month, but I'm to be honest, before the tour, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be so fucked. But now I'm actually a bit re-energized with the men's race being kind of over for GC. I'm really re-energized by what is a mouth-watering battle between the two big guns in the Tour de France, Samavex Swift, and also in the sprints and the punchy stages. I think it's going to be a great race, and I can't wait to watch it. So. Thanks for listening as always. Let us know your predictions down below and we'll see you with the uh, stage one recap if you're a women's only fan on Sunday. Until then, ciao.